We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast. Featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Uncontested. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. So please make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Twitter at the, uncont- at the underscore uncontested. My bad. And the Blue Wire Podcast Network at Blue Wire Pods. Today I've got Taylor and Nick with me. What's up? Hello, hello. And uh, Taylor is going to tell you guys once again about our giveaway. Taylor? We're getting close, guys. Thursday is officially the NBA draft, and I cannot wait. We already have uh, have one big trade in the books with the Anthony Davis trade. Obviously, we'll get into in a little bit, um, and I'm sure that's the first of many of a very eventful NBA draft, so I'm excited. But to go along with the draft, we will be doing an awesome giveaway for a Thunder jersey, in case you guys didn't listen to our last pod. Uh, you will see our tweet up. Um, we, we already have it up. It's pinned on our account. All you have to do is reply to the tweet with who you think the Thunder will select with the 21st pick in the draft and how much time will be left on the clock when the selection is in. Even if the Thunder trade that the draft rights to that player, they still have to take a player, so uh, it's still applicable. In order to be eligible to win, you must be following us, and then, like we said, retweet the tweet and reply with your guesses. Um, so you can follow us at the underscore uncontested, retweet for the giveaway, and we'll announce the winner after the draft when we do our, our post-draft recap. Yeah, I I can't tell you how many people have already had the clever reply. Oh, they're trading the pick, so there's not going to be one. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep, even though we explicitly put on uh, a follow-up tweet that, no, they'll still have to make a pick, but it is what it is. (laughs) So, Taylor, you mentioned it. Let's just go ahead and jump right on in to the Anthony Davis talk. Uh, Anthony Davis gets traded Saturday afternoon to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um. I didn't think he was going to, I mean, I guess all the writing was on the wall. Uh, I just, for some reason, I thought a team was going to come out of the woodwork. Uh, Didn't happen. So Anthony Davis to Los Angeles in return for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four overall pick in this week's draft. Um, A interesting protection on the 2021 Lakers pick. If that pick falls between one and eight, the Pelicans get it. If it falls between nine and 30, the Lakers get it. And it rolls over to the next year, 2022, when it will be unprotected. Uh, The the Pelicans get 2023's unprotected pick from the Lakers. And then they get 2024 unprotected pick from the Lakers. But if the Pelicans don't like that 2024 pick, they can choose to have it roll over and they will get the Lakers unprotected 2025 pick. And on that, uh, that 2023 pick, they have a swap option as well. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, the, the swap option. Yeah. So if, okay, Jacob, if, now go through that 10 times fast. Yeah, no shit. Right. <laughs> so, um, the, the Lakers unloaded for, for Anthony Davis and, you know, it's it's kind of what they had to do to make that trade happen. But if things don't go according to plan, the Pelicans control the Lakers draft for the next six, seven years. Crazy. Yeah, at the same time, I was kind of thinking about this today. So obviously the Lakers are in win-now mode with LeBron only getting older. And even if they can win one championship, and beyond that, they don't have any draft leverage and, and no way of, of bringing in new talent. Being a Thunder fan, obviously the Lakers have a little bit different of a past. You know, they're a historic NBA team. If I told you that we could make a trade tomorrow that would bring us one championship, but we wouldn't have a draft pick really for the next seven, eight years, and we may be horrible after we win that championship. I would be willing to say that almost every Thunder fan would be okay with doing that. I totally agree with you, but the the one problem with that is, you know that that you can't guarantee that championship, you know, and right. and the Lakers do have uh, this insanely good duo that molds together, meshes together great with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. The thing is, this front office still has to round out the rest of a, a roster. You know, right now they have like Mo Wagner and like a couple other no-name dudes. And depending on how this trade goes through and when it goes through, and if Anthony Davis is going to waive his trade kicker or not, uh, the Lakers might not even have enough room for a max cap spot. And so they're going to be filling out the rest of their team with cap space and the room exception to build around those two guys, because this is the first year that LeBron's missed significant time from an injury, you know? So, so how does his body hold up moving on? Uh, Anthony Davis missed a lot of games last season because of injury. And 
my fear is, yeah, the the Lakers made this trade and it's a great trade for them. But that front office has given me no evidence that they are competent enough to build something around it. And and so that's, I guess, the next piece, the the wait and see model. Um, you know, a bunch of people are talking like, oh, Kemba Walker now uh, to, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, I don't see how that fit works. And okay, you get Kemba Walker. Now you're going to fill out the other nine guys on that roster as veteran minimum guys. You know, Carmelo, we saw JR, uh, Kyle Korver, full trade for him. Let's just run the cows back with AD and Kimba. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> I just, I don't have faith in the Lakers front office to, to make the requisite decisions to put this team in title contention. If they do shout out to them and the trade and giving up all those assets was totally worth it. I just I don't know if they have the ability if they have the 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 front office capable of doing that because we've seen what this front office has done for the past seven eight years since they haven't made the playoffs you know yeah um, and I'm with you that was kind of my first initial reaction as well you know just like uh, at my literally my first initial reaction was like this was kind of a win-win for both teams because the Lakers are off right off the start. It's obviously uh, kind of irresponsible to judge a trade this early until we see things play out. However, uh, just off, you know, my first initial reaction was that because the Lakers got their star in AD, one of their only chances of getting a star, according to many, including Woj, uh, who were reporting that there weren't many free agents who wanted to join LeBron. And on the other side, the Pelicans got a extremely huge uh, package for Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, they've um, got a huge package. Huge package. <laughs> I tried to think of a different word there and I just went with it. Um, but kind of like devil playing devil's advocate a little bit. When you're the Lakers, I mean, you, you can't strike out, right? You, you have to get somebody. And when you, when you have LeBron James and his camp coming in, you kind of embrace that. You realize last, last summer you realize, okay, we got to do what it takes to, uh, to get a championship and, and to bring in these guys around LeBron to win now, right? We don't really have the luxury of, of kind of trying to play both where you have LeBron, you're trying to win now, but you're also trying to build for the future. Um, so you kind of were almost you kind of have your hands tied at that point. And I, I saw a really good tweet. I believe it was Keith Smith, Keith Smith, who quote tweeted it on Twitter, um, of somebody who was a, wrote an article over it and he was a, um, Sacramento fan. <laughs> and he was talking about the small markets compared to the big historical markets, the biggest being the Lakers, the Knicks Celtics kind of teams where, they can be bad. They can have ridiculously messed up front offices and a whole bunch of drama, but they're still going to get LeBron James because they're the Lakers, right? And it doesn't matter how messed up they are. And I think over the past two years uh, or something like that, the Lakers and the Knicks are like the two most losingest franchises over that time period. Um, some ridiculous stuff like that. And yet they were still able to bring in LeBron James because they're the Lakers. So yeah, go all in, go get Anthony Davis, try and win a championship and risk your short-term future or maybe mid-future. Uh, it's not ex- extremely long-term, but you know what I mean. Um, because here the next LeBron or the next Kawhi Leonard is going to come around and want to play in LA again because you're the Lakers. So that's just kind of, I, I thought that was an interesting point and you guys can hopefully find that tweet and find out what I'm talking about. Cause uh, I thought it was a very well written excerpt from the article, but uh, I thought that was interesting. Nevertheless, it's kind of like depressing. Uh, if you're 
one of these smaller market teams, <laughs> not one of those, uh, not a fan of a historical team like the Lakers or Celtics, because like, if you're not lucky and have a GM like Sam Presti who drafts Russell Westbrook and is able to trade for Paul George, you know, you can be stuck like Sacramento and not really have a whole lot of luck for a long, long term, you know? Yeah. But on the flip side, being a franchise like New York and the Lakers and stuff, there's, there's additional pressure certainly that comes with that as well. True. Very true. We saw that with Carmelo when he was in New York. How do you guys feel about the not only the draft picks? We know that the New Orleans is set up for forever with draft picks now, but Zoe Ingram and and Josh Hart to New Orleans. How do you like those those players and the, that fit? Um, is, is it just a straight? They're they're going to be who they are. Do they? Do you think there's any sort of shift with those guys getting? out of LA for Lonzo, you know, he played college ball in LA. He grew up in LA to get away from all the LA stuff, to get away from the Lakers, to get away from LeBron and get to a team where there's like little expectation. Um, how do you think that works out for new Orleans? Do you like the physical players that they got? I I like the physical players and I don't think really LA was the problem. It's more their injury history. I mean, Lonzo and, and Brandon Ingram both have, lingering injuries and it seems like they've never played full seasons and we haven't really seen what exactly they can do which kind of in my opinion maybe it boosts their you know um attractiveness in a trade like we we still really don't know what Lonzo Ball is because we haven't seen him for a full season and and what he can actually do so I think I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a new, a new fresh city, a new fresh, you know, slate will be good for them. But if they can't stay healthy, we're never going to know. Yeah, I think, and I haven't been as high on those some of those guys as as others have. I think, um, but I, I think for New Orleans, it, it's a good fit. I mean, I think uh, Hart's. I, I really like Hart. I think he could fit on almost any team. Brian Ingram has so much untapped potential. He's kind of like an Andrew Wiggins in a way, just younger with maybe more upside um, at this point of his career. But that whole, uh, what is it, like the blood clotting disorder, uh, that concerns me a little bit just you know, because you never want to see that for a young guy with that much potential or any player for that matter at all. Uh, kind of like Jacob has said you know, in our Slack and group texts and stuff, like we hope it's not another Chris Bosh injury. But if not, I think that's a great pick to pair alongside a guy like Zion. And then you have um, Lonzo, and it, who I think, honestly, he might benefit the most from this so long as he's not traded again, which I think could maybe be a possibility. But I, I think he could really thrive playing with somebody like Zion, just getting away from his dad. <laughs> um, obviously never completely, but just getting away from, from L.A. and the spotlight and LeBron, I think it'd be really good for Lonzo because I, I think he could be a, a really good point guard, uh, especially for a player like Zion, you know? So I, I'm really interested kind of to see how it plays out. You guys there? I- yeah, I was talking with the mic muted. Uh, <laughs> I was so concerned that like Zencaster messed up or something. Because I'm an idiot. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I think those young guys might be good, and with, with New Orleans, and I don't think the Pelicans are done making moves. I think they are going to try their best to move that number four pick before the draft and and get something else in there. Uh, speaking of 
let's uh let's transition and do some some draft talk i'm down yeah let's do it i'm excited taylor you're supposed to lead us with the draft talk oh really oh <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry okay well um <laughs> sorry uh so, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry i'm looking at the uh at our outline i, I just like the next thing I saw was Thunder draft trades. Um, so yeah, always we have the draft coming up on Thursday. There's a lot of talk about how this could be a really busy draft. Um, if you guys listen to our last podcast with Chris Stone that we had on as a guest, um, him and there's many others as well as I'm sure all of our listeners have seen. Uh, you know, reading articles and on Twitter, there's a lot of people who predict this to be a busy draft. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I know we kind of saw a over under. Um, from somebody at ESPN that everyone in our group uh, thought was really interesting. So I kind of want your guys' thoughts on what you expect for Thursday. Um, do you think it'll be a busy draft? Do you think we'll see some big moves? Like, for example, maybe another big blockbuster-ish move uh, or two? Or do you just kind of see it being a bunch of like teams playing leapfrog, right? Just trying to either move up or move back in the draft for additional picks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So... I think there's a chance we'll see some big stuff happen. Um, and th- those big things might not be swapping of picks, but rather trading picks for veterans. So we all know Atlanta has pick eight, pick 10 and pick 17. Uh, Boston has 14, 20 and 22. The Pelicans have number four that they're trying to move. Um, those two teams that I mentioned at the beginning, they're, they're not drafting three rookies in the first round. Like that's not what they're doing. They're going to package and, and try to make something happen. And so I think that th- those conditions really set up for it to be a really fun draft with a bunch of woes tweets um, and, and different things happening and, and, uh, and different movement. And I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be and. Obviously, every year, player movement and kind of the blockbuster trades and all that kind of stuff keeps becoming more and more prominent. So I think on the same token, these draft night deals and crazy things happening on draft night are beginning to come you know, more and more common. So I definitely expect this Thursday to be a night that may really, really shift some things in the NBA. So I have a, qu- a couple questions for you guys pertaining to the draft. Uh, we mentioned that number four pick. And one thing that's really interesting about this draft is it is so top heavy um, in the sense that there's really an established top three between Zion Williamson, a job Morant, and number two going to the Grizzlies. And many speculate number three, uh, the New York Knicks will select uh, Barrett. So outside of that, that number four pick could be on the move. Jacob, you, you're predicting that it's going to be moved more than likely. Nick, what do you think is going to happen with that number four pick? And then for both of you guys, if it is moved or if you think it's not going to be moved, who do you think it's taken there? Is it going to be Culver? Is it going to be Garland? What are your guys' thoughts? I That's hard to say until you know if it's traded and who it's traded to because obviously every team has a different agenda and voids they need to fill. I mean, I, I really do think that pick will be traded. I feel the Pelicans have the mindset... We have Zion, who is somebody that maybe 
you know, the next big thing in the league. We don't want to waste any years of his talent and they kind of want to be a contender and make some noise from the get go, even as with him as a rookie. So I think, you know, if there was a fourth guy that was, it was a big name outside of, you know, Morant and Zion and RJ, they may keep that pick, but how there seems to be a little bit of a drop off after number three, I definitely think they're going to try to leverage that pick and get someone that can help right away. Um, but yeah, on the topic of who it may be it for, it kind of just depends on which team takes that pick. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you, Nick. Um, there, there's multiple options there at four. It kind of depends who's there, who they like, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and New Orleans may, may very well end up drafting there. I just I feel like they see the getting the fourth overall pick in the draft not as a draft asset but as a tool to make the team better now and that's that's honestly what i kind of expect them to do that does that mean that's what they're going to do no not at all but it, it's it's something that i think they're going to explore very very hard i think i think it was shams today and his article on the athletic said that new orleans their their eye is on Brad Beal with that trading that fourth pick, but that the Wizards with an interim GM running the draft, that they're not going to trade Brad Beal, uh, not unless a, a deal absolutely blows them away, and and I don't think that the Pelicans are willing to give up a haul that would quote unquote blow the Wizards away. So I don't know if it's going to be somebody like like a Brad Beal, but. Uh, I have some ideas for for that fourth pick being traded. That's actually going to be my blockbuster trade later on in the podcast. Um, but no, I, I I think it's it's interesting. Um, it, depending on who ends up getting a pick there, uh, Jarrett Culver. You know, a lot of people are really high on him. He's got good size. Uh, the Garland kid is interesting because he barely played much. So, like, how does he fit in? Um, it's really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, he Garland reminds me a lot of not the way they play necessarily, but how Kyrie was coming out of college. You know, he was Garland. I don't know if you've looked at like his high school um, like recruiting profile, but he was like one of the top players in the country coming into college. Yeah, I think and it, he, he just, elected to stay at home and and play at Purdue. And obviously, he had offers from you know all the all the big schools, Kentucky, Duke, all those kind of schools. And just like Kyrie, he didn't have many college games to, you know, watch film on and kind of see what kind of player he was. And it's going to come down to if a team is willing to take a gamble on a guy with such a small sample size. Uh, You bring up a really good point there, Nick. And sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to add on that. um, I think the reason his stock is so high right now is because of a lot of people who follow a lot of analysts who and scouts who followed him and uh, really kind of kept track of his development throughout high school. Those are the ones who are highest on him. I think that's partially why his stock has risen as much risen as much as it has. And also, I guess he's done really well with his his draft prospects and uh, or his yeah, his workouts and then also the uh, pre-draft interviews. But uh, one that I was going to mention, I thought Kevin O'Connor mentioned this. It was really interesting. Woj tweeted out after the AAD trade yesterday that teams are already expressing significant interest in the number four overall pick belonging now to the Pelicans. And Kevin O'Connor brought up a really good point. Uh, we've talked about the Hawks on here. 
after their trade they made with Brooklyn um, because they now have three firsts, number eight, 10, and 17, and three seconds, 35, 41, and 44. And they can put that in a deal and potentially move up to four. And then Paraguay, like, uh, you know, Culver or maybe even uh, Garland or somebody like that with Trey Young. And uh, who's that other rookie that they had this past year? It's a really good shooter. Where, Redhead. Wherder? Where, where, who, who? Yes, yeah, so something like that. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. I, and, uh, I, think, I, think and, I think it's simply Kevin Herder. 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 That's the name. I, think, I could be I could be totally wrong, but I really don't think it's Herder. Hey. <laughs> Hey, we're from Oklahoma. So we're pronouncing so, around these parts. I think that's an interesting point, Taylor. But from the Pelican side, if they don't want to draft at four, why would they want to draft at eight, 10, and 17? So to me, that, w- that would have to be some sort of three team deal where Atlanta gets four, somebody else gets eight, 10, and 17. And, and then from that third team, New Orleans gets and an established vet. You really got to sit here and just. Just take my thunder on my blockbuster trade, man. <laughs> oh That's man, exactly what I'm oh. trying to do in my blockbuster trade. Wow. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I'm just, I'm just good like that, bro. Man, I've got a great mind. Think alike, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're all on the same page. Well, before we move on with other draft talk, I do since we're a Thunder podcast, I do want to talk about pick 21 real quick. Um, let's say draft night for the Thunder is just simply select a player at spot number 21. Who do you guys think will be on the board there? And who do you think they draft? I'm like, I'm really starting to get more and more uh, excited. It's not the right word. Um, There's not a whole lot of excitement. I think with a lot of these players in this draft, Um, but I think I, I feel decent about Grant Williams. Um, mainly because of Sam Vecini's article, latest article that, oh, I, uh, love that. that I loved it. And then also, uh, oh, I did too. And then uh, a couple of different podcasts, guys like Mikey Barra. Um, there's some other draft podcasts I've listened to. I think Kevin O'Connor's fairly high on him. Um, he's really interesting. I still wouldn't be upset with uh, uh, Matisse Thibel. I think he just fits kind of what the Thunder are looking for and what Pressy typically looks for. He'd be a safe bet. Um, and I think and both those guys North could come North. in and play like immediately, right? I think both those right, guys would right. probably come in and play off the bench for this team. And they're older. Sorry, if you guys can hear my dogs in the background, I apologize. They are uh, up here and wrestling all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they are saying hello to everybody. But um, Cam Johnson is the other one I that I really enjoy as well. I, I think he could fit fit well. Um, so those are kind of my three. I think my my top three at this point. Nick, uh, who do you think if the Thunder make a selection they're going to take? So I'll answer this two ways. Okay. Who do I think they'll take? I think Cam Johnson is the safe bet. I think we're all kind of on the same page there. He's he's long. He's athletic. He can shoot the ball. He's older, so he, he theoretically has a little more experience under his belt and can help right away. However... And I have a very different school of thought when it comes to risk reward than some of the other guys in this podcast. Um, if Bull Bull or Kevin Porter Jr. are on the board and I'm Sam Presti, I've got to think long and hard about it because those two guys are both players that could either A, be really, really bad and never be a good professional player, you know, Porter because of his off the off the court things and Bull Bull, you know, 
injuries and motor and, you know, no love of the game, all that kind of thing. But on the flip of that, those two guys, if you can get them at 21, they really do have the potential to three years down the road, be like, man, those guys were top five talents. Porter Jr. intrigues the hell out of me, and I'm with you as well. I think he could potentially be that uh, you look back on this draft and he's a steal the draft kind of guy, just like Bobo and uh, a couple of those different prospects. And uh, not to just plug articles on our of our own on uh, <laughs> on the pod, but Nick, you just came out today with one of those hoop hype articles about the top steals of this draft, and Kevin Porter Jr. was your number one, and I agree with you there. I think he's extremely intriguing. I hope he goes to a good situation that can kind of keep him in line and hopefully he'll, uh, he'll thrive. Yeah. He, 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 he could be really, really good. Like really, really, really good. If he can keep his head on straight and not butt heads with the coach and, and not do things off the court to get him in trouble. Like he, like, and, th- and there's a lot of guys, you know, across, you know, the national, um, media and all those kind of guys that they've said straight up, like he's a top five talent. If, if he can just keep his head on straight. You guys want to talk about the other option for the Thunder, which is the trade route? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do it. I'm intrigued. What's up, Blue Wire listeners? This is Jack from the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. We recently ranked as the number one sports podcast on all of iTunes, all of Apple. We cover all things from the NBA draft, from NBA free agency. We're working on MLB this summer, as well as the NFL offseason. Catch me and my co-host Abe on the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod, a part of the wonderful Blue Wire Podcast Network. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I am putting you two, Taylor and Nick, in charge of the Thunder War Room on Thursday night during draft night. You can, I'm sorry, Thunder fans. <laughs> you, you two are basically advisors to Sam Presti. Okay? And at 6 o'clock, the draft kicks off. New Orleans is on the clock with pick number one. They select Zion Williamson. And at that moment you have five options in front of you uh, in the war room. There are four trades on the table. And then there's also the fifth option, the easiest option, which is just make a selection at 21 and keep the pick. Okay? I am going to give you guys the four different trades that are on the table for you. And then you tell me, or you guys, I guess, kind of discuss these four trades, what you like, what you don't like, and and then you're going to make a decision on which option are you taking on draft night. Sound good? I'm ready. All right. Uh, so do you just want me to give you all four trades up front, and then you can talk talk through them, or do you want me to give you one, you talk about it, give you the next one, talk about it, et cetera? Let's go one say- by one. Yeah, and we'll say if we, if we would either uh, make the trade or make the pick. Instead, and, and, and then, then at the very end, end, we'll pick our favorite. Okay, sounds good. Um, so there's been a lot of different talks about different trades that Thunder could do with this this 21st pick. I tried to go with some stuff that maybe we haven't heard too awful much about, come up with some new, fresh ideas for this. So here we go. Option number one on the table for you is with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you would have to send out Dennis Schroeder, Hamadou Diallo, 
and the 21st pick in the draft. Uh, They're going to send back to you TJ Warren and Rashawn Holmes, who is a backup big man center. You just had to throw Hami in there to make it more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am saying no to that. I I was one of those people that was on the fence back, you know, last season when people were speculating Schroeder for Warren straight up. And if you're going to throw in Diallo and this year's pick and stuff, I I don't know what he he had a great great year shooting threes. But if you look at his career stats, I still don't know if that's just a fluke, if he had a good year shooting. Because, I mean, his his three-point shooting percentage went up like 10, 15, 20% in one season. I, I need to see one more year of him at the NBA level before I can decide if he's even worth trading for. That's a fair point. Um, I think, for me, I'm more stuck on the Holmes uh, part of that trade. Uh, I think... If you add uh, Jackson in there instead of Holmes, I think I go ahead and do that because um, I think Jackson is another player with a lot of upside, and in the right situation, he could really flourish. And I think that kind of takes away the the risk factor of bringing in TJ Warren, even because I'm a little skept- skeptical as well, Nick. Maybe not quite as much as you are, but I'm, I'm still with you. I think if he goes, comes to the Thunder, I don't know if he's gonna, he, he's not going to shoot as well as he did last year in Phoenix. So. I would do that if we threw in Jackson instead of Holmes, but as it stands, I'm also saying no. All right, so I, I've given a little bit of reasoning on each one of these. So for this one, it's that Phoenix is reportedly shopping TJ Warren. Uh, Phoenix needs a point guard, uh, and they want to get younger around guys like Aiton and Booker. Um, Diallo and the 21st pick do that. And OKC gets a six-man scorer uh, who can close games. They also get with with Nerlens Noel likely on his way out. Same with Markeith Morris. The Thunder get a backup center and a trade, allowing them to, to use that mid level exception on on another wing. So, all right, trade number two that's on the table. So that that's one of your options on the table. The next one, uh, one that I tweeted about a couple of days ago and got some very mixed reaction from Thunder fans. Uh, so I'll give you the trade and I'll give you my reasoning and then you guys can can chat about it. This one is Andre Robertson. He has going into the final year of his deal, $10 million. And the 21st pick straight up for Dion Waiters. Uh, the idea behind this one, Waiters is under contract for two more seasons. Uh, so Miami doesn't get immediate cap relief, but going into next year, they have a lot of contracts coming off the books. Uh, and this would get Dion's extra year off of their books as well. Uh, Thunder get a scoring wing who can play make, and uh, Miami opens up cap space in 2020 and gets the pick. Uh, my last note on this one is: although Waiters has been injured in Miami in his past three seasons, there he's averaged 14 points, three rebounds, four assists on 37 percent shooting from three, including an insane 45 percent from the corners. That is pretty crazy. Uh, well, obviously, as we all have heard, Dion is going to be Clay Thompson since Clay Thompson's injured next year in Golden State. So I think this one's off the table. Yeah, that that report <laughs> is so stupid because the uh, the Warriors would have to trade for for Dion. Yeah, it's not like he's a free agent, and, yeah. and they don't have anything to trade. 
half <laughs> their team is a free agent. Yeah, it's crazy. We'll trade you Jonas Drepko and a bag of chips um, for <laughs> for for Dion. Exactly. It's crazy. Um, I love Dion, and I would honestly kind of love to see Dion back in OKC. I don't think Presley would do this one. Me and Nick would probably get vetoed here, even if we said yes. Um, but if I saw Andre's medical records and it's not looking great that he's going to ever be back to 100% again, i probably pull the trigger on that. Yeah, I'm the same way. This is This is probably one of those trades that I might do, but I still need to hear the other There's two like options. a lot of outside factors. Yeah, yeah I need yeah. to hear these other two options before I decide if this is really something I think about. Okay. Um, next one, option number three. This one you would send out, trade away Dennis Schroeder, Andre Robertson, Hamadou Diallo, and the 21st pick to the Chicago Bulls. You're getting back Otto Porter Jr. The Bulls get a point guard. They get a young wing. They get a draft pick. Um, and the Bulls get off a long-term contract. OKC gets a big wing who can score, uh, shoots above 40% from three for his career, and a guy that could close games because of his size at the three or the four next to Paul George. This is tough. And this is something that I feel like is a trade that is a good start. I don't think it's something Presty would you know accept. I feel like... If you could add Chris Dunn to the return, I think that's a no-brainer yep. because Dunn that's would a be point. an excellent backup point guard to replace the void shooter leaves. But if it's straight up, you're giving up your backup point guard and you know all these other your six man at that too, you know, right? Yeah. See, the the trade proposed, I've got to say no. But if you can counter offer and get Chris Dunn in this same trade in return, I think that's a great deal for both sides. Yeah, and honestly, I I would rather have Otto Porter Jr. over a draft pick at this point as well. That might, might sound obvious, but I agree with Nick. I think you're giving up a little too much from a Thunder perspective because you do lose some scoring and some playmaking when you give up Schroeder and also a, a young prospect in Diallo and another opportunity to have another young prospect with that 21st pick. So I say no as it is, and I'm going to go ahead and make the pick, but uh, I, I do like the idea of Otto Porter Jr. in OKC. Okay, Nick, let me let me counter your counter. You send that counter to the Bulls. They counter back. They will not put Chris Dunn in the deal, but they will put Denzel Valentine into it. Oh, I think, that's, I think that's just as good or better, to be honest. Okay. Interesting. You're not you're not filling that backup point guard void, and I don't have I don't have Valentine's stats in front of me. But if I'm not mistaken, that dude can shoot the hell out of the ball. He's a good three point yeah, shooter for like, sure. Yeah, thirty maybe thirty eight. That might be high. Might be more I like thirty six. I think but, uh, if you counter me that deal with 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 Denzel Valentine, I'm saying, ha, it's not really a counter, but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Touche. I think I think I would take that too. I uh, I like that. All right. The, the fourth deal, this is a, a trade that is more of a fringes on the fringes. Uh, it would also save the Thunder about three to four million, somewhere in there, in, in salary, which ends up being about 14 to 16 million dollars in taxes. Andre Robertson and the 21st pick to the Sacramento Kings for Nemanja Bialica. 
uh, Sacramento does not have a draft pick this year. It went to Boston, uh, pick number 14. And they probably want one to continue building a young team. Uh, they also get an expiring contract. OKC gets a big man, a four, who does essentially what you were hoping Patterson would have done all these years, which is shoot the three ball effectively. Can you repeat one more time what we're giving up? Robertson and pick 21. Ooh. I like I hate the idea of Dre being healthy and and going to a different team and still looking like elite defender that Dre was pre-injury. Um but as it is right now and as we don't have the luxury of knowing that information obviously um I might go ahead and do that I think. So I can't, for, I for can't. reference Bielitsa shot 40% from 3 this year uh with the the Kings on 3.3 attempts per game. He averaged 9.6 points, 5.8 rebounds, and two assists per game. I don't think I can do that, to be honest. Ah, he's... I just don't think he can defend anybody. Yeah, that's fair. I think Preston might be able to get a little more for, for Dre as well, but... um. You know, if like my only two options are that or the draft pick, I might go ahead and do that that trade. It's not my favorite trade that we've had so far, though. Okay, so there are your four trades. They're on the table. Uh, you also have the option of just taking the pick, right? Selecting someone at 21, whether it be uh, a Matisse Thibel or a Cam Johnson or whoever. Um, pick 21 rolls around. You've got to make a decision. You've got to call somebody and either tell them you're taking their trade or you have to send your pick into the league office. What are you two doing? So we had the Phoenix trade, uh, which would be TJ Warren and Holmes. We had the Sacramento trade, which would be uh, Belisa or however you say it. And then we had the Chicago trade. Um, and we were really liking that counter of Valentine and Otto Porter Jr. And then what was the fourth one again? Dre and 21 for Dion. Oh, for Dion. Okay, that's right. I think the Chicago trade is my favorite. Yeah, if you if you made me pick between these four with no revisions, no counteroffers, I think the Dion deal might be the best option. But just the minor tweak of adding either Valentine or Chris Dunn really just puts that Bulls trade over the top. So assuming you can't make counter offers, I would say the Dion trade would probably be my pick. Okay. So one of you guys is saying Dion, the other is saying the auto Porter deal. Yeah. I think they're both pretty interesting. Very, the, very. The, the auto Porter trade is, is definitely a little more drastic in the sense that you're really revamping your team, getting, getting rid of, of multiple players. Um, the the Dion one is basically you run back pretty much the exact same team from last year, except you add Dion Waiters in place of like Abdul Nader. Essentially, right? Like that's that's right, ba- yeah, basically yeah. what that deal would be. So um Right. You know you didn't have yeah, you didn't have Dre all season. Yeah, so that's you didn't have Dre and you didn't have this pick. So you're you're just bringing in Dion instead and letting him uh, run your backup too. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting one. It is an interesting that one. Is. Very. Uh, Nick, I think you had a, 
had a question to go along with this as well. Yes. So this is a very, very hypothetical question because it's been talked about on Thunder Twitter, but obviously there's no reliable sources or any sort of indication this would actually be a thing, but it would be kind of fun to speculate about. So um, the number four pick, obviously the Pelicans are shopping that for somebody they can help right away. If the Thunder were to somehow work a deal, um, you know, obviously they may have to take on someone like Solomon Hill in return, but you know, not to get in the details of that, but hypothetically, if the Thunder were to get the number four pick um, and trade off Steven Adams to receive it, um, who do you think would fit the Thunder roster best at that number four pick, assuming that you can't immediately flip the pick for another player. If you have to use that number four pick and draft that player, assuming they're going to be on the Thunder roster all season long, who do you think is the best fit on this roster at four? Oh, that's such a hard question because this team is so much in win now mode, you know, that that it's not, they don't have like a long window of, of hoping guys develop into superstars. Um, Honestly, if you're getting rid of Adams, I I almost feel like you go with that that big guy, that three slash four kid out of Virginia. Is his name DeAndre Hunter? Yeah, uh, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I almost feel like he he kind of fits the under mold the most. I was gonna say even if at that point, if you're able to find a center, because apparently the the market for centers is, is going to be kind of like there's not a whole lot of demand um, from what I've been hearing, and then or just what we all have been hearing. Oh, like and then, from uh, what I've been hearing, my from inside my sources. sources. <laughs> you know what uh, I called Shams the other day. Me. He uh, he told me, and then- he's telling me you guys might want to get rid of Steven. There's going to be a lot of centers available. Uh, if you like the the market for centers, and you think you can get a guy to come for fairly cheap uh, to to replace some of what Steven provides, you might want to take a gamble on a guy like Cam Reddish there as just, and just let him be a knockdown, a knockdown shooter, spot up shooter for you and just rely on his shooting ability. I mean, on a team like the thunder, he doesn't really have to do a whole lot more else. And then, you know, you can use a shooting now and hold on to him later, either as a trade chip or develop him as PG and, and Russ and some of these guys get older and hopefully he can develop the other aspects of his game. Um, but Hunter's a really, really good one because I think he's more of the three and D type, and uh, would fit well potentially right now on this team. And I really liked what I saw uh, watching him. March Madness—that's one guy that kind of st- stood out to me, obviously because of the championship game, his performance, um, and watching him and Culver kind of go back and forth was fun. But um, yeah, I-, I think Hunter would be a really good one as well. Yeah, no, I think I think those are definitely some good options. And I obviously this is all speculation. There's no. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing out there that says, oh, Oklahoma City Thunder shopping Adams or trying to, trying to get the number four pick for him. But it is fun to think about. Um, but speaking of of Shams and his newest article, the Suns are shopping both Josh Jackson and T.J. Warren. You know, it doesn't sound like they're shopping them in a package together, but it sounds like both of those wings are options for other teams to at least offer packages to acquire. Um, they're also potentially looking to shop the number six pick, which is interesting because a team like the Suns, it seems like they need all the assets they can get. What 
which one of those three things, whether it be Warren Jackson or that number six pick, do you find the most attractive, not only for the Thunder, but for other teams around the league? For the Thunder, I'm going to go TJ Warren. But but for around the league, that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't know which of those three things holds the most value. Am I crazy to say that sixth pick might hold the least value? I, I was going to say, I think it depends. I mean, this is such a cop-out answer. You can always say it depends on the team, right? But like literally, I think if, if it's like a team like, uh, or I guess Cleveland's picking before them. Aren't they? Dang it. Well, if there's a team uh, below the Suns in the draft who are shopping for a point guard, they very well might take that six pick so that way the Suns don't draft uh, either Kobe White or Garland if he's still available. However, I think if there's a team like, you know, like Thunder Tier, obviously Thunder went to Jay Warren, um, but maybe like the Jazz or somebody crazy like that, I think they'd be more interested in a guy like Jackson who they can kind of develop with some of their younger stars like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Um, and see if they can kind of help untap his potential. Yeah, a guy like Jackson is, like you said, it depends on the team, but a guy like Jackson could be really interesting for, you know, I don't know, like he he would probably do really well in like New Orleans now as, as a three. That's a really good he point. Might, yeah, he might do well in like Minnesota. Um, you know, there's just some, there's some interesting places where I think he would hold the most value. Um, so I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. I, I, I'm fascinated to see if any of those three things get traded on draft night. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think we should go to some Twitter. We had a bunch of good Twitter questions. I think we should hop on to some of those. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll just cycle through these. Each one of us will will ask it. And we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about it. Our first one comes from at Darian underscore Hauser. What do you guys think about if the Thunder do end up trading Schroeder signing Rose if he's willing to take what money OKC can offer. So would you guys be interested if the Thunder are able to trade Schroeder? Let's say the Thunder do that Schroeder um, trade, Schroeder Diallo in 21 for for TJ Warren and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, If the Thunder turned around and went for Rose, uh, how do you guys feel about that? I'm all for it. I I mean... I think obviously Schroeder is a better option at backup point guard, but like you mentioned, if we are going to trade him and we have to find someone on the fly, he's definitely a good option. Assuming he's willing to take, you know, maybe a similar contract to what Noel signed, a one plus one on on the vet men. I think that's definitely something that we should consider. But if he's a guy that's like, listen, I had a great season last year. I'm back to the old me. I want some big money. Then nah, you don't consider it at all. I think the absolute lowest he'd be even get close to taking is the the taxpayer mid level at like six million. I just I don't see a way he, he goes for less than that. I agree. He's going to want paid, particularly after the season he had last year. Um, his injury history scares me a little bit too. But man, if he performs like he did in Minnesota, or and uh, yeah, Minnesota, I think that'd be that'd be fun. Yep, definitely. Next one. Yeah, um, so this one is from Thunder Rolls 4. Uh, he asked, who do you most want to see as the Thunder's backup center next season, uh, whether it be someone through free agency or someone we trade for, or you know, ideally, Nerlens Noel either opts into that last year of his deal or he opts out and re-signs another you know, somewhat small contract with Oklahoma City Thunder again next season. 
Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I really like Nerlens. I like what he brought. I think he still could develop a lot. I think if he stayed, if he stayed with us this coming season, I think he would continue to develop, and I think that'd be really cool. Um, but I'm going through some of these free agent centers. Um, the first one listed is obviously Vucevic, Vucevic, who we would not be able to sign. DeMarcus Cousins is kind of interesting. You know, if he if we do some move um, that he feels really puts us up there as a top contender next year to play alongside Russ and PG and whoever that may be, DeMarcus may be willing to take a a smaller deal again, another prove it deal to come and play with us. I but, don't know how much I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but there's no way he comes and plays off plays off the bench. There's just there's no well, way. That's true. He'll demand a starting starting spot. Um, Willie Colley Stein's going to be a free or a restricted free agent, but which means he's probably going to earn a little more than like the vet minimum. Um, Enos Cantor, we can bring him back. He's unrestricted. So I, I wrote an article the other day about possible free agents and I included, uh, both Dwayne Dedman, who I think is an interesting one. Um, that's a good one. Robin Lopez. I think he might get a little bit more than, than the taxpayer mid-level. Uh, which is valued at about six million, but I think he's an interesting one. Here's one that I thought about today, and you guys are going to both tell me that you hate this idea. I already know it, <laughs> but I'm going to McGee. I'm going to throw this out there because I think style of play, what he does at the center position, um, relationships uh, with Oklahoma City, uh, especially with the coach, uh, Joachim Noah is going to be a free agent. That's interesting. I saw um, somebody on Twitter, I'm trying to remember who, who it was now, but they mentioned that as well to kind of keep an eye on that due to Noah's relationship with Donovan. I mean, it, as a last case scenario kind of thing, I mean, I wouldn't be super opposed to he, it. I think he it's can't obviously shoot. He obviously can't shoot, but right. with, with Memphis down the stretch last year, he wasn't awful. He's always been a good passer, a good defender, a good screener. Um, I mean, with Memphis, he averaged seven points, six rebounds, two assists. Uh, shots, where's his free throw percentage at? 71% from the free throw line. Uh, I mean, I think those numbers are better than, than Nerland's Noel. See, I don't, I don't actually, I don't hate Joachim Noah as much as I hate, not, not, not as a person, that sounds horrible. I don't hate the fit of Joachim Noah as much as I hate the fit of Robin Lopez. I've never been very high on him, and that may just be a super, super biased thing. But I would much rather have Noah than um, than Robin Lopez. But Dwayne Dedman really, really interests me. I've actually been super high on him for a couple of years now. I've always thought he would be a good trade target at the, at the buyout or at the uh, at the trade deadline for the Thunder to pick up. Um, from Atlanta, because I mean, sure, he's doing well in Atlanta, but they're never a playoff team, so might as well throw some assets and try to get him. But now that he's a free agent, it's the perfect time to get him. I've I've always said he'd be a great fit of the Thunder as a backup. That's you know dating back to the Dakari Johnson days. I think it's time to finally pull the trigger and make that happen. I'm huge I, on him. I like it. He, I like he, Devin, can, he can yep. stroke. He can shoot that thing. Yep. We could use that too, obviously, on this team uh, from the center positions, especially Ed Davis, another guy. He's he's unrestricted, coming from Brooklyn. Um, he kind of be like a Ner- uh, Nerlens in a, in the sense that I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of offensive production, but he's somebody who's interesting. Could be a good backup for Steven. So outside of outside of Joffrey Laverne, who was a very short stint here and obviously played 
kind of halfway center, halfway power forward. We've never seen a Thunder team with a true stretch center, whether it be the starter or the backup. I think that might be the piece that we've never had that could kind of push us over the edge is having a guy that can really stretch the floor. We've never had a true lineup where you can stretch the floor. All five guys can shoot without putting a guy that's way too small like Jeremy Grant out there. Al Horford. I know. I was going to say, I love that trade idea. Jesus Christ, I've been on this bandwagon for like three months now. I know it's not going to happen. Let's move on to the next Twitter question. So Chris Bez, at Chris Bez 2, asks, if the Thunder offered the Bulls Stephen Adams for Levine, do you think the Bulls would agree? No. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean... They don't want to pay all that money to no, Stephen Adams right. when they See, have Wendell Carter and that's, uh, and Markinen. That's what I was getting at. A team like the Bulls, if they didn't, if they weren't already flooded with big men and really, really good, solid young big men, that would probably be a trade they would consider. Like if, if Levine was on, you know, a different team that was really, really guard heavy. I think that that would be a trade that would be considered because there's players of similar stature, similar. Um, production, you know, those kind of guys that are not superstars, they're kind of right below. So I think as far as player value, they're probably about the same, but you're right with, with the Bulls and how their roster is set up. They've probably already got too many big men that are good. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think in that trade package, you're going to have to, the Bulls are going to ask that you include a young shooting guard as well, whether that's Diallo or, or Ferguson. I realize Ferguson and Adams might be a little too much for Levine, but maybe not the eyes of the Bulls. Um, I think that would be the one catch there. They'd, they'd come back with a counter. Yep. Uh, and I'm just not sure we can afford that. Next one from at Cade Meters One asks, after the trade for AD, what will it take for the Lakers to be anything other than a shit show? This alone doesn't seem like anything other than the Lakers being the Lakers and one of the rare good connotations that come with it. I'm kind of with Cade Meters on this one. Like Getting Anthony Davis is really good for them, but... It's. I think it's just the Lakers being the Lakers, uh, and and that name recognition kind of with with the LeBron thing. Um, and we'll see if they can be good uh, after we see what kind of roster they can build this summer around those two guys or around those two plus Kuzma, because they have no more trade chips like at all. The rest of their team right. is built via free agency, um, and and like their their trade chips now and in the future are just completely depleted. Yeah, I mean as as long as the bus family is uh is in charge of the Lakers and you have the whole buddy system that they have going on well, within the front office and then also you have the the Rich Paul and LeBron aspect hanging over them as well. I mean it's it's obviously not going to change much. However, getting Anthony Davis gives them an actual chance of getting a, a decent free agents right to help supplement the team if that's the case then maybe the talent alone and the leadership of lebron and if, if they have good relations with like frank vogel who they just hired that could be enough to get them one a championship one of these years with lebron and ad in their primes um but outside of that if that i mean that's really kind of what they're banking on here it's obviously not going to be due to the front office i think they're going to be fine this is a completely different situation than last year it's not LeBron and a bunch of young guys and these other contracts you can throw around them. You've really got, in my opinion, two of the top five players in the league 
even if you do throw a bunch of nobodies around them, plus you got Kuzma and they have a, I mean, maybe not a max contract slot. They've got, (laughs) even if they don't have a full max contract, they're going to be able to acquire somebody that's probably worth a max slot. That's willing to take a little bit less to play on a team like that. I think this year is a completely different situation than last year. Yeah, I just I think they'd be smarter to not pick up another max guy and instead build the roster with mid tier guys that that can contribute. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm not going to say the Lakers aren't going to be good and they're going to screw this up. I'm going to play the wait and see mode because every summer we get all this hype with the Lakers. Oh, they're going to get LeBron and Paul George. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're going to do that. Well, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2013. So let's see them make the playoffs first because they had LeBron this year and couldn't make the playoffs. Let's see them make the playoffs first. Uh, and then I'll I, I'll feel okay voicing my opinion on how, how they're going to end up. They might end up, end up good. I just, there there is no track record of it. So I'm going to play the wait and see approach. And you say healthy too. I mean, that's a huge part. I think this past season, obviously, as well with Lonzo and LeBron, like they've got to stay healthy, particularly with Anthony Davis, who's known to get banged up pretty frequently with small things, nevertheless, but still miss significant time due to injuries. Uh, but one guy that that immediately came to me when you said that, Jacob, about maybe not just maxing somebody out, I think is Tobias Harris. I think he he could be a good fit. He's kind of that second, third tier free agent guy that may be willing to take a little less than the max. Maybe it's an interesting one. Uh, I think Tobias is a max guy, and this is one of those summers where there's, including the the Golden State guys that are super super injured, and Clay and KD. I think there's, in my opinion, eight guys that are max contract worthy, and there's way more than eight max contract slots out there. So a guy like Tobias that that's may true. not be a true max contract player is going to get paid like a max contract guy, similar to Harrison Barnes when he signed with the Mavs several summers ago. And he was kind of that fringe guy, but when there's all that money out there, you're going to get that contract. Yep. And I think Tobias Harris on a team that has Anthony Davis, LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma uh, kind of becomes a little too redundant in, in the front court. They need backcourt guys. I keep forgetting about Kuzma. Yeah. I <laughs> just like keep thinking he got traded. No, yeah, no, it's uh it's it's definitely there. Um all right, yeah. next one. Yeah. So the next question, you guys always give me the names that I have no clue how to say. It's Eb Eben Flow. Eb and Flow. Eben Flow. E B B A N F L E A U X. Okay. Eben Flow. It's a what pretty clever draft- name. No, it is. It is. What draft prospect, either good or bad, were you so, so wrong about and vice versa? Who were you completely right about? This is a fun one. Um, Do you guys have any that you can think of? It is. Oh, man, I should have. I didn't go through Twitter questions beforehand. I should have. If you have one off top, if you already have yours, go ahead and I'll I'll think of something. I did not think Chris Stapp's Porzingis was going to be very good. Did not think he was going to be very good and became very surprised when he became great. So that's that's one of mine um, that I was wrong about. Um, yeah, mine, mine I was wrong about was Jamal Murray. I know he wasn't like a number one pick or anything, but he was still early lottery. Coming out of Kentucky, I always said he came out a year too early. Being a one and done guy wasn't his route. You know, he needed one more year. 
All he can really do is shoot, blah, blah, blah. And ended up being really good. And same exact with Devin Booker, another Kentucky guy. I was like, man, this dude, I think he was a sixth man at Kentucky. I don't even think yeah, he started. That was, you're correct. And I was like, this dude is dumb. Like, just because he went to Kentucky does not mean you can be a one and done guy. I go back to college. And I was wrong on both those guys. No, I, I, I know which one I was wrong the most on was Buddy Heald. I said Buddy Heald is oh, at yeah. best a bench player for a playoff team. Someone, I actually saw this in my mentions from years ago whenever Buddy got drafted. Someone told me that they thought he was Wes Matthews, but with a better handle. And I said, there is no way that Buddy will ever be as good as Wes Matthews. And I was obviously way, way wrong on that one. That's a good one. I think I was kind of low on him as well. Here's three recent ones that came to came to my mind that I was pretty wrong on. Um, Lonzo. I was pretty low on Lonzo. That's obviously a recent one. I didn't think he was going to be even as good as he is. I thought he was very overhyped. And he's turned out to be a really good player. Um, just a solid point guard that has a lot of potential. And obviously, that's still, there's still a lot to be seen there as well, like we talked about earlier. Uh, Trey Young is another one. I thought his first year was just going to be a flop. I thought he was too small, too weak to play, that his his long outside shooting wasn't going to translate because he was just going to have to jack from half court. And uh, he proved me wrong last season already. And then another one is Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I, I've, my grandparents are big KU fans because they live in Topeka. And um, because of that, I follow KU quite a bit throughout the season. I didn't as much this past season. But long story short, I thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be really good in the NBA like uh, next star. And he obviously has, has struggled in Minnesota. So those are three that I was wrong about. I think the only one I was kind of right about is that like I just I wasn't as low on Ferguson as everybody else was. Obviously, I wanted them to draft Samai Ojale, uh, or uh, not Ojale, whoever is up in Toronto now. I always get yeah, them mixed um, up. OG and OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, OG. And, um, but I wasn't super low on Ferguson. I thought it was a decent pick. Uh, nothing I was ecstatic about, but I wasn't just completely down on him. So. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you who I was right about real quick. And obviously, I mean, I'm not saying I was right about some guy that's like a, a superstar player, but from the get go, I've always said Derek White was going to be a good player in the league for his draft position, a late first round guy. And I really, 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 really wanted the Thunder to look at him in that draft. And they didn't, obviously. But. I called Derek White being good, and after this last year, he kind of proved that he's going to be a good player in this league for a long time. Yeah, I'll say the one that I was right on was Donovan Mitchell. I, I like that guy early on, and he's done nothing but but prove me right so far. So keep it up, Donnie. All right, let's go to our last Twitter question. So last one comes from our, our same guy, Evan Flo. Asks, which star do you want to see on a different team because they're in basketball hell, a la Kimba, only making the playoffs twice in Charlotte? Okay, so each of us will give one player. Um, I'll go first. I'm going with Carl Anthony Towns. Get him out of Minnesota. Get him somewhere uh, where he can really showcase his talent and live in the playoffs. Devin Booker. I, yeah, Devin Booker's. Uh, oh. two, those are two guys that are on my list too. I'm going to go ahead and put the obvious and recent one in uh, Bradley Bill. Oh, I like both of those. I don't even think of those guys. That's Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Speaking of Bradley Bill, I've got a a blockbuster trade for you guys. You guys ready for blockbuster trades? Yeah, we got to do the trade sounder, though. Yeah. Who paid you my level two magic card for your Charizard? Deal. It's a disaster. Take trading. 
disaster. I love that we have Donald Trump on our podcast every week. <laughs> Solely to make fun no, of him. Nothing like a good old Donnie quote. All right. Uh, good Taylor, stuff. what's your blockbuster trade? All right. So this one just randomly kind of came to me. Um, there's been obviously no no rumors or anything like that reported, no talk about it. But uh, there's obviously a team out in Los Angeles, not the Lakers, who are pretty talented. And they're about a all-star away from being really, really good. Uh, a lot of people think they'll be a free agent like Kawhi. However, I'm suggesting that the Clippers trade for Bradley Bill. They would also get Dwight Howard as salary filler. And they would send out Harrell, uh, Mo Williams, and Gallinari. And they would all and uh, their first round 2020 pick. Did you would get Bill and Howard? Did return. you say Mo Williams? Because I think you meant Mo. Lou, oh, not Lou Mo. Williams, right? <laughs> I meant oh. Lou. Yeah, not, not Mo. He just signed a, or opted into a ridiculous final year of his contract in uh, Charlotte. <laughs> Lou Williams, thank yep. you. Um, that's an interesting one. I I think the Wizards say hell no. Yeah, they want more. I think. And I'll, I'll go ahead and just trans, transition this into my trade. I think that they're different from the Pelicans where they kind of had their backs against the walls and had to trade AD and teams trading for him kind of knew that he had one year left on his deal and it could be a rental. So to get Beal, I'm not saying he's going to take as much of a haul as AD took, but he's going to take a lot considering he's still got a couple years left and the Wizards don't absolutely have to trade him. So my trade, and it's a little different than original because you guys kind of stole the thunder earlier in a little three-team trade with Atlanta. I'm no pun intended. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and trade Bradley Beal to the Hawks. And in return, the Wizards will receive Kent Bazemore, mostly a salary filler, John Collins, Kevin Herter, and pick eight. And 10. Now I think you're talking a little bit more in a Brad Beal deal. I That's big that's, time. That's a, that's close to AD level return on, and almost, almost. So I'm with you. I, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think that makes, I get done. that makes a little bit of sense. That'd be a good one. Um, all right. Mine is really simple. Uh, it wouldn't be able to go through into the new fiscal year. Whenever uh, Indiana has some salary off the books, um, but mine is really simple and straightforward. Um, the Pelicans need a center to pair along with Zion Williamson. Uh, they already have their three in Ingram. They have their two in Drew Holiday. They have their one in Lonzo Ball. They need a center still, and they are going to trade that number four overall pick to Indiana for Miles Turner. I like that. Were you listening to Down to Dunk earlier today? Yeah, I heard them talk about a deal for Sabonis. I think Indiana keeps yeah. Sabonis and deals Turner instead. Makes it a, That's exactly what I was thinking too. When Mike said trade. there's a couple centers, I thought he was going to say Turner. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think Turner's a really, really intriguing guy. I mean, he's essentially exactly what you want in a modern-day NBA center. Yeah, I think, and I think Turner Zion Williamson front court would be a lot of fun. That'd be awesome, especially with those young guys around them they just traded for. Yep, exactly. All right, any parting thoughts before we get out of here, guys? Can't wait for Thursday. Um, all of us here at the Uncontested are super excited. 
listeners, don't forget about our giveaway. And also stay tuned because we are going to, at the very least, record a post-draft podcast on Thursday. But there's a a chance if we can get our, our Google Hangout thing working again that we'll do something live as well. So yeah, stay tuned. Very quick, very quick. I don't want a reason why. I just want a percentage from both of you guys. Percent chance the Thunder trade the rights to the 21 pick on draft night. I'm going 75%. I was going to say 65. I'm going 40. I think they are going to strike out on finding a deal. Oh, well, that's interesting. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We appreciate you. Again, we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can follow Blue Wire at Blue Wire Pods. You can follow our podcast at the underscore uncontested. I am at ThunderMob405. Nick is at CraneMBA. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. As mentioned, we will be back with a NBA draft post podcast Thursday night. We'll try to do it live so you can watch us on, on YouTube. Make sure you enter into our contest to win a Thunder jersey. You can find all those details pinned on our Twitter account at the underscore uncontested. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Blue Wire Podcast Network anywhere you get your podcast. There's tons of good pods on there. Keep you covered all NBA offseason long. You guys enjoy the week. Enjoy the NBA draft. And we will talk to you again as soon as that draft is over. Take it easy. And as always, Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.